Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is the final message of our Allegiant series with Pastor Omar Lopez. This one is called Not Bowing to Pressure. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount. Also, check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. It's constantly being updated uh, with resources and information and news. Check it out. Enjoy this message. Well, praise the Lord. We appreciate all of you being here this morning. Are you glad you're in the house of God? Well, turn to your neighbor and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. I really believe that today, and we're glad you're here, and we're going to just dive into our last message of allegiance. How many have enjoyed this uh, sermon series? I tell you what, it's been a joy. Uh, to be able to minister this message, and uh, I know we're in the first part of November here, and we're going to start a new series next month or next Sunday. It's going to be Above All Else. How many know that Jesus is above all else? And uh, we're going to talk about what we need to be doing above all else, but uh, today is our final message on allegiance, and I'm going to talk about the pressure to bow. How many know there is the pressure out there in our culture to bow to what it wants you to bow to? And I've been talking about allegiance, and just to kind of give you uh, just a summary of what we're talking about, we've been talking about the prophet Daniel, and of course at a young age he's captured at 15 years old, and in this Babylonian nation or Babylonian culture, which is an evil pagan nation that has no fear of God, and yet this young man from the age of 15 years old has this principle, this conviction to serve God, and God uses him from the prison or from being a prisoner to being a man of authority in the palace. And again, I want to just emphasize to you what allegiance means. Allegiance is your support or your loyalty to a particular group, to a person, or a belief. And all of us today, we have an allegiance. You have a loyalty to your uh, family. You have a loyalty to uh, the job that you work at. And you have a loyalty to your community. You have a loyalty to your country or wherever your citizenship is. Uh, all of us have a loyalty or an allegiance to our husband or wife. But I believe the greatest allegiance is our allegiance to God. I said our allegiance to God. And that's what we're focusing on, that no matter what's going on in our life, there is an allegiance to God that we're not going to compromise, that we're not going to water down, that we're not going to give up for anyone. And I believe this, if you've learned anything this past month, is there are going to be times where your allegiance is going to be tested. And what is tested, well, a faith that could be tested is a faith that could be trusted, right? We've been talking about that this month. And I believe this, when you pass the test, it seems every time that Daniel was able to pass the test, that God brought success. Hallelujah. That God was able to promote him. That God was able to take him in to the next level. And I believe that's true in our walk with God. That many times we want God to bless us. But are you blessable? Can God trust you? 
Have you gone through the testing? Have you gone through the fire? Are there some things that you've been able to handle? Because our character today, I want you to understand, is going to be tested. And when the heat is on, are you going to be able to withstand the fire? Hallelujah. How do you remember that movie, The Beverly Hills Cops? How many remember that movie? All right, that was, uh, you guys are older than I thought. It was, that was 36 years ago, actually. And uh, the Beverly Hills Cops, uh, and uh, if you don't remember the movie, Eddie Murphy's in the movies, one of the breakthrough movies that he had. And uh, they actually hired a guy by the name of Glenn, I believe it's Glenn Frey of the Eagles. The Eagles at the time, the Eagles band, if you guys don't know Hotel California, I loved that band at one time. But anyway, the Eagles uh, had broken up, and they hired him to, to sing this song. And the, the name of the song was The Heat Is On. How many remember that song? All right. Right on, man. We're in the same culture there, the same age group there. And, and anyway, that song became an international hit. And, but the thing is, when they hired him, it was kind of like a throwaway song. So they paid him $15,000 to sing the song. And that, that song made millions and millions of dollars internationally. And the song went something like this. I'm not going to sing it, okay? So it said, the heat is on, the heat is on, the heat is on. It's on the streets, inside your head, on every beat, and the beat's so loud, it's deep inside because the pressure's high just to stay alive. The heat is on. <laughs> so the heat is on. And here's the thing. What are you, you going to do when the heat is on? And actually, that expression, the heat is on, actually comes from way back in the 1930s uh, during the gangster era when the police were on to the gangsters, they would say, the heat is on. I think it's kind of still uh, uh, goes around the day in some degree when the, when the cops are chasing you or the cops are after you, the heat is on. And, and today we can talk about the heat is on simply saying the pressure's on. The pressure or the deadline, the heat is on. You may have worked at a place where the boss said, hey, the heat is on. We've got to get uh, to this deadline. We've got to accomplish this by this time. The heat is on. And in this particular chapter, if Daniel chapter 3, it's one of my favorite chapters of all of the book of Daniel. And I'll tell you why it's one of my favorite chapters. Because one of the first uh, places uh, or the first chapter in the Bible that I've ever read. And the reason why I read this chapter is because I heard about the story of three young men who were facing a king and the heat was on. And we'll get into the story in just a moment. But I remember as the young man, I'd never read the Bible before. And I heard someone talking about the book of Daniel. And they were talking about these three young men. And they were faced with being thrown into a fiery furnace. The heat was on. And I began to read this story. And it really fascinated me. And I want to share that story with you today because I believe today that there's always going to be the heat is going to be on to bow down to the pressures of what the world is trying to dictate to you. 
So I'm going to pray today as we get into this message. So, Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your grace. I thank you for every man, woman that's in this building today, wherever they're at right now in their life, wherever they're at right now, God, spiritually, I pray the Holy Spirit would speak into their lives today. I pray, God, that your word would become real. God, that your word would come alive in their hearts today. And God, because your word is relevant, even in 2020, we could relate to it, God, in so many ways. So I pray today for the anointing of your spirit as I declare the word of God in Jesus' name. And everyone said, and so it's concerning Daniel's three friends by the name of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the Bible says during this time that it, it, in actuality in Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it really focuses on their, on their life and not on the life of Daniel. Many scholars believe that Daniel is off because he's the representative of Babylon, that he could be serving somewhere in another country representing King Nebuchadnezzar. So therefore, he is not mentioned in this chapter. He's not even mentioned that he's around during this time. And so his three friends are faced with a dilemma because King Nebuchadnezzar has an ego problem. It's all about himself. You ever met a person with an ego? This guy has an ego with a steroid, man. This guy just thinks he's everything. Everything's about him, me, myself, and I. And the Bible says that in Daniel chapter 3 that he creates or he makes this golden statue. And the statue is everyone is supposed to bow down to this, this large statue that everyone is going to uh, bow down to as soon as the music is played. Now, many scholars also believe that the statue is made in his image. In other words, it looks like him. There's a lot of people like that. We like our own image out there, don't we? And so this guy makes this uh, 26 foot uh, or 90 foot, I, I'm sorry, 90 foot tall statue. And this thing is so high that the Bible says he commands everyone everywhere that at the sound of the music that is played, that when that sound is heard throughout Babylon and the province of Babylon, that everyone is to bow down to this golden statue. It's to drop everything. Drop everything immediately. If, as soon as you hear the music, you're to drop everything and you're to bow down. I don't care if you're taking a shower. I don't care if you're ironing. It doesn't matter. I mean, how inconvenient is that, man? All of a sudden, you're eating, you know, you're having your pozole, you know, and you're eating your menudo. Of course, you're not eating Rachel Ray's pozole. I don't know if you've heard about her pozole, but you're eating this pozole. I don't even know what you call that. Uh, some of you guys might have seen that on Facebook. I go, that is not pozole. That's chili, man. I don't know what that's called. Anyway, um... So Shadrach, Meshach, they are the three, they're three governors. They've been raised up. They, they have authority, and yet they're there in the middle of all this is happening, and they're to bow down just like everybody else. The Bible says if they don't bow down, they're literally going to be thrown into the heat. They're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. The Bible says if they don't bow down, anyone that doesn't bow down in the entire province is going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. 
That is the consequences if you don't bow down and give in to the pressure. And I begin to think about that because I think all of us this morning are faced with a culture today that wants us to bow down to its beliefs and to its principles. Are you hearing me today? We have all kinds of images that the world wants us to bow down to. We have all kinds of idols. They may not be golden statues. They may not be all of these things. But there's a lot of idols out there, if we're not careful, that the world will want us to bow down to. That the world wants us to worship and, and exalt and look up to. And again, I'm in the movies, but I, I, don't, I don't worship actors. Are you hearing me? I, I don't worship these big screen people. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I appreciate the acting, but I, I don't like, oh my God, I'm starstruck. I can't believe it. You know, I, you know I'm not fainting when I see them. They're just people. Uh, uh, again, you know, or, or you know, we, 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 if we're not careful, even uh, baseball players or basketball players or rock stars, and we're not careful, we can make idols out of them. And, and today, I, I said it in our earlier part of the series, is we worship beauty, we worship wealth, we worship success. And all of these things could be that same kind of idol, and there's a pressure to give into that. Or it's the false image a lot of us uh, kind of want to have. We want to have this false image that people could worship. A lot of us this morning that have Facebook, we see what people want us to think they're about, right? Or how they want us to think they really look like, right? Nobody ever posts their pictures without makeup. Am I right? You, you've already you, you adjusted all the filters, all the colors. Uh, uh, you, you took 100 pictures, uh, and finally, you know, you got just the right one. Uh, all of these different things, because we have an image. All of us this morning, if we're not careful, we begin to create this image, uh, and we want people to worship. Or, or, or really what got me, when people go to the restaurant, and they have to take picture of their food. And you're, and you're watching like, man, I got to have, it's like food porn. I don't know what it's called. Or it's like all of the, like, everybody then, you know, has to put food, you know. When did food become like an image where we have to look at, look at, it's all perfect. You know, it's food porn, man. I don't know why else to tell you. Uh, it's like, come on, I don't take pictures of food. I just, I'm just not into that. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you're evil. I'm just saying it's just weird to me. When did, when did food, okay, anyway, so these four, these four Hebrew young men, the Bible says they uh, uh, have integrity. These are men that have uh, uh, proven their integrity before God. We know it from the very beginning of the chapter in, in Daniel chapter 1 that they refused to eat the king's meat. They refused to eat the uh, king's wine or drink the king's wine. They kept their integrity before God. They served God. And now it's in a part of their life now where they're facing the heat of having to bow down to this image like everyone else is. They are now being threatened. They are in danger of their life because now they have to face whether or not they're going to give into the pressure. And if they do, they're going to defile God. If they give into the pressure, they're going to bow down to a golden idol. If they don't, they're going to be thrown in to a fiery furnace. Now let me say to you, there's two things that cause our decisions, that weigh in our decisions and our behaviors. There's two principles. 
external pressure from the outside will cause us to, will affect our decisions and will affect our behavior or your internal principle, what you believe and the convictions inside your life. So we have to determine what is going to, or we have to decide what is going to determine our behavior and our decision. Are we going to allow the external pressure to cause us to behave a certain way? Or are we going to live by our internal principle? What's inside of us, what we know to be true. It's very easy to give in to the external pressure. Am I right? If you've ever been around family, I've been around family, and you've been around family, and there's gatherings, and, and all of a sudden, you know, they, 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 we start talking about the things of God, and they want to know what I believe. How do you get to heaven? One way. Oh, wait a minute. Isn't there many ways? No, no. One way. Jesus said he's the way. Right? John chapter 14, verse 6. He says, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. It's pretty plain in Scripture. No need for interpretation. Jesus, said, Jesus did not say, I'm one of many ways. Jesus didn't say there are many ways to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way. When you begin to do that and you begin to share that internal principle that conviction, all of a sudden now you begin to isolate those that don't believe the way you do. And there's this external pressure to say, hey, maybe you ought to just say, you know what, everybody goes to heaven. Maybe you ought to just say, God loves everybody. Don't worry about what you believe. God, when you get in front of him, he's going to say, you get in. Don't worry about it. Everybody gets in. We can say that and give in to the external pressure or we can stick by our internal principle and live by truth and not by pressure. Can you say amen? And so as a follower of Jesus, we have to realize today there's always going to be this external pressure. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in a similar situation. They are facing a point where they can give in to the external pressure. Everybody's bowing down to this golden image. Everybody's bowing down. When the music is being played, they can compromise. They can give in to what the pressure They can give in to what everybody else is doing or they can live by their internal principle. See, let me just say this to you. As a Christian, there's going to be times where your faith is going to be tried. It's going to be tested. We think as living for God that, you know what, it just everything's going to be easy. Everything's going to just be fine. You're going to just kind of be, you know, walking through the flowers and everything else and blowing kisses and everything else. It's not going to work, work that way. There are times in life, man, where you're going to go through battles. There are going to be some financial fires you're going to have to go through, some health-related fires. Am I right? Jesus said this, John 16, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace, but in the world what? You're going to have some trouble. The heat's going to be on, but take heart. I've overcome the world. 
So over and over, the Bible talks about these trials. And I'll, I'll read this familiar verse of scripture that I think is good in First Peter chapter 1, verse 7. What do you do when the, when the fire comes? What do you do when, when you're in the middle of a fire, man? When you're in the middle of trial, do you yell fire or call 911? No, it says this. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So it's telling us right here that our faith is going to be tested. And here is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are in in the midst of a test. All of a sudden, these guys are walking. They have authority. They have a place of uh, responsibility. They are living in the palace. They are governors, but now they are being told that they have to bow down to this golden image, and everyone is supposed to do it. And if they don't, they're going to be burned in the fiery furnace. So let's look at Daniel chapter 3, verse 4 uh, through, uh, through, uh, through 6. It says, when you hear the sound of the horn, it says, the flute... Uh, the zither, I don't know what zither is, but whatever that instrument is, the lyre, the harp, it says, and pipes and all the other musical instruments, he tells us uh, to bow to the ground. In other words, he's telling bow to the ground and worship the kingdom. Bow to the ground to worship the statue. Stat- statue, yeah, verse 6. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown in to the blazing furnace. So everybody is bowing down. Everybody's doing it except these three young Hebrew men. They're not going to stoop down. They have backbones of steel. Not buns of steel, okay, but backbones of steel. (laughs) These guys, man, these are men of integrity. These are men that are going to stand up for what they believe. It, they're having, man, they're, they, they are having a rough day. How many of you have ever had a rough day? How many have ever had a, a, a day like, man, I wasn't expecting to face this. I don't think they woke up expecting to face that. In fact, I'm going to show you a few pictures of people that had a bad day. They weren't expecting to face this. Why don't you show me? Now, that right there is someone was drinking their tea, and they didn't realize why it was tasting so bad. Till you got to the end of that T. All right, go ahead to the next one. Show the next one. There we go. This girl was bleaching her hair, and she decided to put a Walmart bag over it, and it printed the top of that on there. That's when you're having a bad day. Go ahead on the next one. This guy's his first job on, at Porsche. And he decided to park one of the cars out there, and it just, somebody lost their job. And the next one, this guy, his daddy's in the uh, weightlifting competition. If, if you can see, you can see his face imprinted right there. Did you see that right there? <laughs> that kid is having a bad day. And this one is, you just got married, and his car's on fire. I don't think that guy is very happy, is he? <laughs> That's when you're facing a pretty bad day. I don't know if I have any more with that. Oh, this guy on the left over there, see him? He really took a bad fall. I would say literally 
that's when you don't know what you're expecting that day. So I begin to think about that. And, and, and again, when we look at a man having a bad day and all of these things that are happening, you didn't expect these guys now are facing something they didn't expect. And let me just say this. Write this down if, you want, if you're taking notes. Faith obeys God instead of following man. Let me say that again. Faith obeys God instead of following man. These three guys have a decision. And they said, you know what? We're going we're gonna to believe God. We're going to follow God. And in Daniel chapter 3, verse 14, look at what it says. Nebuchadnezzar, now they brought before Nebuchadnezzar the king because these guys are not bowing. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue, gold statue I have set up? He says, I will give you one more chance. In other words, is it true? He says, uh, you know, maybe I heard a rumor. Maybe, you know, Facebook put out something out that false, you know, fake news. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, but I'm going to give you guys one more chance. I'm going to give you guys a break. And he says, to bow down and worship the statue I've made when you hear the sound of the musical instrument. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace and then what, will, what God will be able to rescue you from my power? So he's saying, right now, I'm going to give you guys one more chance. I heard this could be a rumor, but I'm going to give you guys an opportunity. We're going to play the music right now. And as soon as the music is played, I'm going to give you guys the chance. We can get out of it. But the Bible says, verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. You know what they were saying is, no, no, you don't need to play the music. Nope, there's no argument here. We're not even going to defend ourselves. They're kind of staring down on this king. They're basically saying, hey, listen, this is not between us and you. This is between us and God. We don't have anything to say in a way of making excuses. We don't have anything to say in a way of denial. Uh, we're pretty much giving you our answer right now. Guess what, King? We're not bowing. It ain't going to happen. We don't care how loud you put it. doesn't matter. We don't care if you play it a hundred times. We're not bowing down. And they look at him and basically says, we're not going to do this. Now, I want you to think with me. They have faithfully served in this Babylonian nation for years now. This, they, many scholars believe they're in about their mid-30s now. So they've probably been there 20 years. And they, didn't, they were never told they had to do this. Yet they have kept their conviction, their internal principle toward God. They've been able to serve in this Babylonian nation. They've helped. They've been advisors, if you know the story. But now they're saying, hey, king, uh, you know what? We've rendered on to Caesar what is due to Caesar. We've submitted to this government. We've done what we had to do. But now you're taking it too far. Now you're crossing the line. Now you're telling me to violate my godly principles. Are you with me so far? I submit to the government. I honor the government authority. But I'm not going to let your laws 
and your pressure to cause me to violate God's law and what God has put in my life, I will not do it. We're not going to do where you, you, you've gone too far here. We're not going to disobey God to obey man. We're not going to do that. And they basically are staring down this king, and this king is mad. This king gets angry. He gets upset. He cannot believe that these three young men are staring him down and are not doing what he's commanded them to do. And they know this. They know what the consequences are. Are you listening to me? They know the consequences of them not obeying what the king says. They know that everybody else is doing it. See, just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean you should do it. You know, wow, what, you know what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in Vegas, God sees you. He knows everything about it. So, so what you do behind closed doors, God sees everything. It's an open book. Bible says what you do, you know, hitting somewhere, it is going to be proclaimed in the rooftops. And I'm going to tell you today that many times we think, well, everybody's doing it, so I, I might as well just do what everybody else is doing. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's going into this. I don't care. If, if, you know, how many know your, your mom used to tell you, if everybody goes off and walks off the cliff, are you going to do the same old thing? Am I right? It's almost like we, we have to agree with everybody. You know, sometimes, I, I can tell you, I, I look at Facebook and I just laugh. It's comical. Some of the things that people do, I said, I'm not doing that. That's stupid, man. I just laugh at that. No, Put ice over you. Well, God bless you. Go ahead and put ice on you. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not saying there's not good things. I'm just saying I don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this story to you. There, there's this, uh, there was this unbelieving millionaire in Philadelphia. I think I've shared this story with you. And this was back in the 1800s. And uh, he told his clerks on a Saturday that they had to come in the next day, which was on a Sunday, to unload a shipment which had arrived. So one young man, one young man stepped up to the desk and said nervously, to the boss, I can't work on Sunday. He said, well, sir, replied the, the, uh, the employer, if you can't do as I wish, then we, can't, we have to separate. He said, I know that, sir, said the young man. I know that uh, I have a widowed mother to care for, but I cannot work on Sunday. Very well, the owner said, go to the cashier's desk, and he's going to settle with you. And for three long weeks... This young man was begging in the streets for work. One day, a bank president asked the owner, his name was Mr. Gerard, to name a suitable person for a cashier of a new bank he was about to start. And after reflecting, Mr. Gerard named the young man he had just fired three weeks before. The president of the bank said, but I thought you fired him. He said, I did, because he wouldn't work on Sunday. But I can tell you, the man that will lose his job on an account of principle is the man with whom you can trust with your money. Did you get that? Some of you did. You'll go back and listen to it in a little bit. I'm here to tell you, principle is powerful. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. See, faith obeys God instead of man. 
Faith obeys God and says, you know what? I don't care what man wants me to do. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. Faith stands true even if it means your life. See, a lot of us this morning when we read the story, we're like shouting, yes, don't get thrown in the firewall because you know the outcome of the story. We're cheering them on, yes, man, but what about if it was you? And you were facing the furnace. And they were about to throw you in that fire. How many of you this morning would say, ah, go ahead, put the music on, man, I don't care, I'll bow down, it's not a big deal. I may be bowing on the outside, but on the inside, you know, uh, 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 I'm standing up. Are you listening to me? A lot of us, we could have compromised and said, well, you know, it's not really a big deal if I bow down. God understands. God really understands where I'm at right now. Or many of us would have probably put it on Facebook and we would have probably said, what do you think I should do? You ever see that? People always take a survey. What do you think I should do? Should I, should I wear this or should I not wear that? Just shut up and obey, man. Just, just, just obey God. Hallelujah. Shut up already. I don't care what you do. Should I wear this? This color or that color? My goodness, just shut up already. You know, some of us, you know, should I obey God or not? Shut up and obey God. There's no, there's, there, you know, should I go to church or not go to church? Go to church, serve God, read your Bible, pray, do the right thing. Is that, is that a good enough answer for you? Ask your pastor what you should do. Obey God. Shut up and obey God. Look at even my iPad's falling. Shut up and obey God. See, faith, listen to me, number two, faith obeys in spite of what you see. See, if we're not careful, we always are walking by what we see. Verse 17 of Daniel chapter 3 says, the Bible says, if we are, they respond, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able. Say, he is able. To whom we serve is able to save us, he said, and he will rescue you, us from your power, your majesty. So they're saying, you know what? We're confident that God is able to save us. We're confident that no matter what happens, God is able to save us from this fire. This is, that's faith right there. That's faith despite what they see, despite everybody bowing, despite the pressure, despite what's happening. They're saying that God is well able to do it. God is able to deliver us from the fire. God is able to deliver us from your hand. I think that the kind of faith we need to have when we fall, find ourselves uh, uh, in a place where someone you know is sick, where you're, maybe you're going through some circumstances in your life, maybe there's some issues right now. Say, so you know what, despite of what I see, I know my God is well able. He's able to do it. I, I'm going to believe God despite of what I see. And here's the third thing, and I'm moving really quickly here, and I think this is something all of us, faithfulness is obedience our faithful obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's responsibility. See, that's where I think a lot of us this morning, you're not in charge of the outcome. God is. But you have a responsibility to be faithful to God despite. Can you say amen? Daniel chapter 3 verse 18. I like what they say. But even if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't. They said, God's well able. He could do it. God can move supernaturally. He could do something powerful. 
But even if he doesn't, we will never serve your God. I love that. Never, never, ever, ever, ever serve your God or worship the golden statue that you set up. King, never. No, nah, not going to happen. No, 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 never. We will never serve. Let it be known. Let it be known. Even if he doesn't, we are never going to bow down. I said we are never bowing down to what the enemy wants us to bow down to. We're not going to do it. We're not going to bow down. Let it be known. We never did it. We never gave in to the pressure. We never gave in to what everybody else was doing. They knew the consequences. They knew what would happen. They knew as a result what would would happen if they did. They would be chestnuts roasting on an open fire, right? All kinds of different things would happen. We know this. But they said we're not going to bow down. And so the Bible says in verse 20, man, the king became so furious that he commanded the most mighty mighty men that were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the fiery furnace. Verse 21, and they, and they not only that, they heated the furnace seven times hotter. So during this time what they're bowing him, they heat up the furnace even more. Then these men were bound in their coats their trousers, their turbans. Uh, I mean, they came out for a fiesta and now they, they, they're being thrown in their other garments who were all cast into the midst of the burning furnace. So they had all of this stuff. They weren't expecting to be thrown into the fire that day. And though the Bible said they were all dressed up because they were noble men. They were men with authority. But in, in their haste, the king was so angry that he said, bound them up right there and throw them in to the fiery furnace. And these men now are going to be thrown in. Uh, Here's the thing. There is no plan B. There is no plan B. They basically said, we're not going to bow. We know God can do it, but if he doesn't, let it be known. You know, maybe they were thinking, man, God will deliver us from the fire. You know, they were thinking of that scripture, Isaiah 43, 2, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Who knows? I, I don't know what they were thinking. But they're thrown into this fire. And the Bible says that they throw men as the men throw men. I don't know. Have you guys ever been near a, a, a something that's been burning, a house that's been burning? So, man, you can't even be like 30 feet if that thing is so intense, the heat. I mean, you're like, whoa, man. That's why the firemen, they wear the protective clothing, you know, before they, they enter into a building. But if you've ever been outside watching, you could just feel the heat from where you're standing. The Bible says these, these men, uh, these soldiers that throw in these three uh, uh, Hebrew men, as they get close, as they throw them in, they burn up and die. From the distance that they throw them in, they get too close And they throw these guys in. They burn up and die. And then the Bible says in verse 24, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose up in haste. He said, Did we not cast three men in the midst of the fire? And they said, Oh, yeah. Look, he answered, We see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not heard and the form of the fourth is like who he is he's like the son of god hallelujah i'm here to tell you today many times our deliverance doesn't come out of the fire our deliverance is in the midst of the fire 
And can I tell you, in the midst of the fire is where the presence of God is many times. In the midst of the fire is where God's grace and power is at. And I'm here to tell you today, these three men, these three young men experienced the presence of God. Not only did they experience the presence of God, but the Bible says then the king commanded them to be thrown out or taken out of that place. And the Bible said, King Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to God. Now he's singing a different tune. Amen. Shadrach, he goes, anyone, he basically, he says, an angel is sent to save these men. Anyone that says anything against the God of Shadrach and Abednego will be cut into pieces and their houses shall be made a refuge or a heap. In other words, all of a sudden, because the power and the presence of God became known through three men who would not give in to the pressure, the Bible said it became a testimony of God's power, of God's deliverance that caused that nation now to call upon the living God. And I'm here to tell you that when you go through the fire, when you go through times of pressure, but you stand by your internal principle that God will vindicate the truth in your life and it will cause others to look and say your God is powerful can you say amen and I'm here to tell you folks people are watching us right now I believe even our nation even in the church we're in the midst of a fire so to speak we're we're in a testing time right now and people are watching what is the church going to do are we going to give in to the pressure are we going to give in what everybody else is saying? Are we going to give in to fear? Are we going to give in? I'm not saying this virus is not real. I understand all of that. What I'm just saying is I'm not going to live by fear. I'm not going to live by intimidation. I'm not going to live by anxiety. I serve a God that is above all of these things, and he is still in control. Can you say amen? I, I know what we're hearing. You know what? There's going to be chaos. There's going to be civil war. Uh, there's going to be all this stuff. I'm here to tell you, God is still on the throne. The church of God needs to be praying. We need to be believing God. Can you say amen? We need to take a stand and live for truth. Uh, don't compromise your walk with God because everybody else is telling you to do so. See, the Bible says that it became a testimony that day of the power of God. But see, we know the outcome. These three guys didn't. And so I want you to know today, you may not know what the outcome is, but we need to leave the outcome to God. We don't know the outcome of how this is going to pan out. All I know is I'm going to be faithful to God. I said, I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to keep preaching the word of God. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing God. I'm going to keep winning souls for the kingdom of God. I'm going to keep doing what God's called me to do because I'm not going to let any devil stop and hinder the church of God because God's power and grace will prevail against the enemy. Can you say amen? I want us to bow our heads for just a moment. Holy Spirit, we thank you today, God. We thank you for your grace today. We thank you for your power today in this house. We thank you, God, for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, all over this house today, we pray, God, minister to lives, God. Every person is in a different place right now. They are feeling different types of pressure. So many pressures that are coming from all over right now. God, there could be pressures of finances, could be pressures of, of fear, could be pressures of of family, of friends, of people, God. They're feeling all this pressure. 
Pressure even on social media. Got all this pressure. The heat is on. But God, today, we're not going to give in to the pressure. We're going to give in to our internal principle. And that's the word of God. We're going to live by your word. Your word is going to be the one that dictates our life today. So, Father, we're not yielding. We're not yielding. We're not going to bow. Let it be known that we will never, never bow down to any idol. We're not going to bow down to anything that violates your word. We're not bowing, God. The Holy Spirit, you'll help us today to stand for you in the name of Jesus. So if you're in this room right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around for just a moment. Be honest with God. Be honest with yourself right now. Do you know the Lord as your Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord of your life this morning? Have you ever given your heart to him? Have you surrendered your life to the Lord today? Maybe you've surrendered your life to a lot of things, but have you ever surrendered your life to Christ? Because ultimately, that's the only thing in life that's really going to make a difference. It's giving your life over to the Lord today. And so God loves you. He cares about you. I want you to just be honest with God this morning. Say, you know what? I need the Lord in my life right now. Is there anyone here? You say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life right now. I need Christ. See, the wonderful thing is God never rejects you. God's always reaching out to you. He's reaching out. The Holy Spirit is always reaching out to people. And all you have to do is call upon him. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.